following was recorded in someone's basement. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Outsider Show. The Pro Show! With your hosts, Kyle Joseph and Mark Cote. Take it away, guys. Hey everyone, this is Kyle here, and you're listening to the Pro Wrestling Outsider Show, formerly known, FKA, as 613 Wrestling. Still getting used to the name, but I really feel like it does fit better with where Mark and I want to lead this show. Unfortunately, this week, Mark and I couldn't uh, get our schedules to match up. That's on me. Someone's special little girl's birthday. Gotta take care of the family, number one. But that being said, we will still have the show at the... Uh, conclusion of the show you'll have heard from both myself and mark so it's like we were in the room together anyways so on the show we have uh leading off i'm gonna break down c Ford's season opener undisputed that took place this past friday hell of a night can't wait to talk about it then we'll break into some more uh, discussions about what's going on in wrestling this week and uh and then we'll close out the show so that being said i'll be back after the break mark will be back later on Please stay tuned, and I hope you like the new intro. Thanks very much for holding everyone. Back from the break. Trying something out here with some of the local music and filling in for our breaks instead of random music I found on the internet. So uh, this show's breaks, as well as the last couple shows, were brought to you by Zoo Legacy. So if you're listening and you have music and you think maybe be a good fit to have a little bit of a, a spotlight on our show, let us know. We're happy to uh, see what we can do in uh, getting some new music up. That being said, we are here, we are back. It is time to talk C4 Undisputed. Which took place this past Friday at the good old St. Anthony's Hall. Another good crowd, another great show. So let's get to it, let's break down the matches. Up first, opening the show, was um, a bit of a... Uh, well, let's see, what's the right word to call it? They call it a single showdown. But it was kind of a rematch from Fighting Back's Seaway uh, Valley Wrestling. So we had uh, Scrapper James Stone taking on Junior Benito. Scrapper James Stone getting the victory. But this was really a fantastic showcase by Junior Benito. This kid is going to be very, very impressive. He already is. But once he gets some meat on him and some, some muscle behind him, he's going to do some pretty phenomenal things. And... Uh, while you have the opportunity, I really suggest that you come out and be able to watch him grow from the beginning to wherever he's going to go because the sky's the limit for him. And uh, they put on a fantastic match right off the hop. Good way to start the show. They're both into it, both ready to go. The match carried well. Can't say enough positive things about this match. Match number one, A+. Up next, we had a 
Six-man tag match. This one was definitely interesting. We had the best, hashtag the best, that is, Spunk and Logan, and Billy Brash, who was very new to me, taking on Sexy Eddie, kind of a staple in the local area, and the Jim Nasty Boys, Timmy Lou Retton and White Mike. That's not Mike White, that's White Mike. So this is an interesting duo. Um, they are heavier guys, but they put on quite uh, quite the aerobatic show, actually, uh, which I was super surprised. Uh, just not sure of the gimmick. Uh, some of the shirts they were selling were not my cup of tea, but hey, to each his own. Uh, this match was a, a, an interesting match. It went back and forth. Uh, a lot of good set uh, moves together. Both the tag teams really fit well um, as... as as units, they definitely know how to play the tag team correctly. Um, Billy Brash fit in well. I mean, his style wasn't exactly matching uh, the best, hashtag the best, but they were, he worked well with them. Uh, Sexy Eddie, he's Sexy Eddie. Uh, it's tough to really say about Sexy Eddie. Uh, definitely some less than family friendly moments in this match. At uh, one point in time, uh, I don't know if he is the original Joey Ryan or if he's learned from Joey Ryan or what the story is. But there was definitely some uh, power of the male appendage going on, which for me just isn't my thing. I don't really get it. I know it's supposed to be for fun, but in the end it just didn't really put two and two together for me as something worth watching. Uh, so other than that, despite the male appendage power, uh, we have to say that there was a victory by the best and Billy Brash, which actually was a little surprising to me. I thought maybe they would lose. Um, and that was the second match. Good, solid match. The show was, was kept going strong. Really, uh, really happy to see what was going on so far. far. Uh, we did have some local celebrities in the building. Um, 105.3's Kiss FM's Ryan Lindsay was there in the front row. I know he's a big wrestling fan. Super cool to see him out there and, and really getting into it with everybody. Uh, so that was fantastic. All right, up next we had for the C4 Underground Championship, Jonathan Rukin defending his title against Shane Simmons. This match, it was tough to say how it was going to go. Um, one thing, Shane doesn't say anything, so it's really hard to get him to understand his motivation for everything, but he plays the heel pretty well. Uh, Jonathan Rukin... He uh, looked like he hurt his shoulder. Wasn't sure if it was real or not. He definitely sold it as if it was real, So, which was nice to see, especially if it wasn't. Uh, you know, had a harder time maintaining his various movesets and, and being his lifts were impacted. and So it was nice to see him really work that. At one point in time... <laughs> And I, it's the charm I find of C4 Wrestling that we just kind of ignore some of the rules uh, in terms of using foreign objects. Uh, Shane Simmons was trying to set up a table, or sorry, rather a door. We do doors at C4. Um, tables are only for special occasions. Uh, on two chairs, he was struggling a bit to get that going. The chairs weren't cooperating. The crowd, unfortunately for him, definitely noticed and definitely made him know that they noticed uh, but managed to get the, the door set up nonetheless. And then he decided to put himself through 
the door instead of hitting Jonathan Rukin. And then Jonathan Rukin worked his magic and was able to get in uh, for the tap out. And, uh, or actually, he just passed out. So Jonathan Rukin maintained his underground championship. This wasn't as strong as the first two matches. Like I said, I don't know if Jonathan Rukin was injured or if he was playing the injury. If he's playing the injury, fantastic. If he was injured, I'm sure it definitely uh, inhibited his ability to get some of the things off that he wanted. Solid match. We're able to keep going forward. Uh, we had a bit of a break. Um, Steve, who's one of the uh, run, one of the guys who runs the show, uh, he came out and had uh, shared some touching words with regards to his late wife, um, Tara. I'm not sure she was part of the C4 Wrestling family. She passed away a couple years ago. And in her honor, they are running a tag team tournament that's going to take place at C4 Underground at the Beyond the Pale. Uh, it was really a touching moment. I think clearly she had a great impact on a lot of people around as I kind of perused the audience. Um, there was definitely an impact there from, from his words. Uh, props to him. I know that it was definitely not the easiest thing for him to do. With, uh, with trying to get that out. I think, generally speaking, he, he's a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. So it was definitely respectful uh, and, and, and you know really nice to see that he was able to, um, to come out and be able to share this and uh, be able to honor his wife in a wonderful way. After that, we had a special challenge, number one. The Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, taking on two of the Buffalo Brothers, Unkillable Kevin Blackwood and Remix Kevin Bennett. These guys put on a great show. They had a lot of fun. Everyone seemed to be really in it. And, I mean, just watching The Dark Order is so much fun. I'm really becoming more and more a fan of tag team wrestling when the two partners really get it. When they really know how to work with each other, they really know what they're doing. Uh, it's it's something pretty special, and the Dark Order does that. They're going to do great things in AEW, and on the opposite side, though, two of the Buffalo Brothers they they did a decent job. I mean, I think they're more of a singles competitors. So when you're facing off a predominantly strong tag team, you know there's some hits and misses. But all in all, this was a very entertaining match. I will always love to watch the Dark Order, FKA Super Smash Brothers, uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how often we get to see them here back at home as AEW's live shows start up. But who knows? You know, you never know what you're going to get. Up next, oh, I apologize. Before that, uh, the winners of that match were the Dark Order, who put on a great show. You know, their uh, their tag team finishing moves were fantastic. They're leaving on a high. Hopefully it won't be the last time we see them. To close out the show... Oh, sorry, I apologize. Close out the first part of the show. Uh, we had the C4 Championship match. Walking Weapon, Josh Alexander, taking on the Wounded Owl, Lefisto. Wasn't sure how this was going to go, given the disparaging size difference. Uh, Lefisto is a rather vertically challenged uh, wrestler. Um, 
and I know when we have seen matches in the past where you have, and it's not really a matter of intergender. It really isn't for me. It's a matter of strengths and plausibility and believability that the smaller wrestler can really do enough damage to potentially win. Um, what was interesting about this is it was no disqualification, which I think helps level the playing field. We had um, a lot of different uh, shots that were, uh, I think one of them busted, actually busted open, Josh. Um, but what's good about this match was that Lefisto was able to get in things. So she wasn't just getting the crap kicked out of her. Um, by using the weapons and using chairs and and the ring and, and as, a, as an actual weapon, she was able to get in some sneak attacks, which helped balance things out. Um, this was actually a lot more even-killed match than I was expecting. Um, I really didn't think that it was going to get to a point where it was going to be actually a good match. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. Josh Alexander maintained his title. Kind of an awkward ending. Um, at one point in time, he did do his uh, turnaround pile driver. Lefisto kicked out, but then he just kind of did a diving forearm while she was kind of on the ground. And that's what ended it, which was just, it was a little odd. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the intended finish or not. Um, but it definitely didn't take away from the rest of the match. In terms of these uh, intergender or in terms of these massive size difference, this was actually one of the better ones that I've seen lately. Lefisto is full of heart. She has a strength of her own um, that is definitely not often matched for, for somebody her size. So this one didn't disappoint. It was better than expected. Josh walks away as champion. I certainly can't complain. I am a big Josh Alexander fan. So for me, it was a nice win. So that brought us to the break. Um, but I did want to shout out one thing before we continue. And uh, that was the debut of Mark Nadeau wearing the stripes instead of a C4 ring. Um, you know, I think it often goes, not unnoticed, but rather people don't understand the importance of the referee, not only in managing the time, but also being able to tell the story and trying to constantly think on your feet given that things don't always go as planned in a ring and you have to be able to think quickly. And for Mark's first time out, I think he did a good job. I think he was faced a couple of times with some interesting spots, but he held his own. He managed to get them to the end where they needed to be. And I'm excited to see him back in the ring next time. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see when you have new faces in, in the ring, both as performers and as referees because you get a different style every time a new referee comes out they are able to sell their story their, their you know the story their way and uh and along with Serge Saint Denis one two three Serge Saint Denis um you know they both did a good job so hats off to Mark in his debut and I'm sure we will see him again in the future so after the break up next we had a four-corner match. This is one of the ones that it, the schedule had changed. Originally, it was supposed to be The Butcher and The Blade. Uh, the Butcher could not make it, but The Blade did. So we had The Blade, Pepper Parks take on Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Kevin Blanchard. Um, 
Actually, I apologize. We'll go back. because We're going to do this in order. I was trying to make notes, take pictures, so I didn't screw this up. But, hey, what well, do you know? I screwed it up. So, after the break, we actually had uh, the special challenge number two, which originally was supposed to be MVP Michael Von Payton taking on Sheldon Jean. Unfortunately, Sheldon Jean chickened out, didn't want to face MVP, so the Beast King stepped in. Well, unfortunately... MVP had a personal situation, so he wasn't able to attend. We obviously hoped it was nothing too serious. But in his place, surprise entrant, Holden Albright. Holden's an interesting character. He comes out with the wolf head. He is uh, a lot of man meat moving around, and he's got quite a bit of speed for a guy his size. Um, this match is tough. It was tough to come back to uh, after the break. Um... I love the look of the Beast King. I love the fear he instills in people. I just wish he was more dominating in the ring. I want to see him like a Goldberg. Go in, demo somebody for a minute and a half, be impressive. And I think then he would win more people over with his in-ring ability. Um, you know, he's got the look. He just, for whatever reason, just can't seem to put <clears throat> that strength, or at least the appeared strength, uh, into play. And uh, this one went back and forth. It definitely wasn't my favorite match of the night. Uh, Beast King did end up with the win, but it was more of a throwaway match with me um, because some of the other matches were so much better. All right, now back to the four-corner match. Blade, The Blade, Pepper Parks, Alex Zane, Blake Christian... And Kevin Blanchard. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a lot of new faces for me in this one. Obviously, the Blade Pepper Parks has been around. Uh, this is my first opportunity to see Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Kevin Blanchard. This one has really impressed me. I wasn't really sure because I didn't know three out of the four guys what I was going to expect. But they put on a hell of a night uh, of high-flying acrobatics. Not aerobatics, acrobatics. And uh, all in all, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And I was thoroughly surprised by what I was going to see. And um, Blake Christian's, Christian put on a hell of a night. He is top-notch with the aerials. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, they all got their spots in. It's always a bit of a challenge when you're dealing with more than two people in a match. Even more than three when you're trying to manage all the action going around. But nonetheless, they still put together a great show. This is actually one of my favorite shows of the night. Uh, Pepper Parks walked away with a victory, which was actually a little surprising to me. I thought maybe Blake would uh, come out on top. But nonetheless, Pepper Parks carries the load for the Butcher and the Blade to victory. All right. And that leads us to our other main event. The Cluster F of the C4 Tag Team Championship. Santana and Ortiz, in likely, again, their final appearance at C4 in some time. Tabernacle the team, Matthew Saint-Jacques and Thomas Dubois, taking on the champions, Diamond Tiger, Kobe Durst, and Matt Angel. Right off the bell, this one went bananas. Things were going everywhere. It was chaos upon chaos upon chaos. You know, I actually um, 
the security staff did their best effort to try and contain everything, but even then, they were having a hard time following along because these guys just went all out, balls to the wall, chairs were getting thrown around, doors were getting destroyed. Pure anarchy, pure chaos, but really enjoyable. I really enjoy Satana, Satana Ortiz. Super quality guys outside the ring. Fantastic guys in the ring. Tabernacle the team held their own, doing some great work. And Kobe Durst and Man Angel continue to impress as a tag team. Um, you know, they don't necessarily do a lot of tag-specific things, but they get along well. They do great things. And in the end, the champions retained, which was a bit surprising to me. I thought maybe this was the TDT's time to get the belts back. But the Diamond Tiger and the Angel of Matt figure out a way to take them all on and edit on the win. After the match, Santana Ortiz uh, shared some final words, which was fitting for the end of the match and the end of the, the night. So that being said, all in all, another fantastic night for C4. Minus a couple of hiccups in terms of the matches, everything else was fantastic. Once again, another great crowd. Everyone was into it. Everyone was feeling it. Everyone loved it. And what can you expect? And it's one of those things where I can't recommend enough. People coming out, checking out a C4 event. Not sure if you will. it's really your thing. It's 20 bucks. 20 bucks for like three and a half, four hours of fun. And if you don't like it, you only lost 20 bucks. But I can't imagine that you will actually hate this. Can't stress enough. Come out. Next event, Beyond the Pale is hosting C4 Underground. This is your opportunity to check out the up-and-comers of the local wrestling scene. That takes place on October the 11th, Thanksgiving Day weekend. And the next match for C4 will be taking place on the 29th of November. It has already been titled. I just want to make sure I get the correct title because it's important. But that's going to take place Friday, once again, 29th of. Wow, I'm sorry, I apologize. Totally tongue tied right now. I think I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm trying to look up to make sure I get the right name for this show because accuracy is of the most importance. Let's see here. I apologize. I'm having some technical difficulties. The issue is between the keyboard and the back of my chair. Here we go. We're back on track. Getting things loaded up. Combat, sh combat shock. I apologize. There we go. It looks like... One of my favorite local guys, again, another really super nice guy, Josh Briggs, making his return. Evolve star, star of the WWE Network. Well, I think he is. Uh, and I think a future big-time, big-time guy. Headlining this show, 12th anniversary event. It's going to be something special, so make sure you check it out. Tickets go on sale technically today, the 23rd of September. So when you're listening to this, I've already been on sale. Make sure you go out. Get those tickets. Enjoy the show. And that's it. We'll be back with some more wrestling conversation. Please stay tuned. Thanks for listening.
This is Kyle here once again for the PWO show. Uh, back from break, wanted to thank you again for sticking around on episode two of what we're calling season two. Uh, new names, same great content, new season. So um, in the last uh, part of the show, we talked about C4. Um, just want to give the heads up, upcoming show, October 11th, Beyond the Pale. Uh, we already had the tag match uh, set up tag tournament uh and uh we shall see what happens from there and uh once we get more shows going then uh or rather more information on the show we'll be happy to share it um that being said just wanted to speak a couple of thing items on uh what's going on this week and then i will uh hand it over to mark to finish out the show where he was going to talk about raw smackdown nxt and uh any other information he wants to share before i do uh, by the time you're listening to this our uh, the pro wrestling outsiders show tope suicida fantasy pool uh is up on our twitter make sure you check that out it's for fun you get to pick 16 wrestlers out of eight box uh, 16 boxes really simple if you're interested in joining once again it's just for fun we're going to run it uh, for the next couple pay-per-views starting the Monday after uh, Hell in the Cell. All you have to do is DM us with your picks and a team name, and uh, and that's it. And you're in. And uh, we'll be sure to make uh, send out some updates uh, every week. All right. Now that's out of the way, let's get back to uh, the visit at hand. So a couple of items in the news this week. Uh, one is Lacey Evans getting pulled over for speeding uh, in Edmonton. I'm assuming she was either on her way to or from a live show. Uh, she got pulled over. She recorded the video, talked about how trash Canada was and how she was upset that the police officer didn't know her name. So she went ahead and uh, he said, have a nice day. Super polite guy. And she says, hope you have a terrible day. Uh, you know, it was interesting when I saw this story, I was reading through some of the comments and some people actually think this was real. Um... I appreciate the attempt to keep your um, your gimmick going. I thought it was fun. Uh, I knew it wasn't real because her name really isn't Lacey Evans. Shocker there. And uh, and let's be honest. I mean, the, he would have been way acting way differently uh, and a lot more cautious had he uh, was really pulling her over. Um, so that being said, some of the people in the comments were. Just outrageous, telling her to go back to the U.S. and yada, yada, yada. And the sad part is I think some of them really thought this was really happening. Uh, but Lacey Evans has since come out and said, no, he was all in on it. They were having some fun, helping him out, helping her out. So really, I'm all for it. Keep it going. Let's have some fun with it. And, uh, and we'll go from there. And next on the list, uh, Impact Wrestling has been announced on Access TV will be taking place now moving to Tuesdays. So it looks like four out of the six nights of the week, sorry, four out of the five nights, wow, can't tell my weekdates, uh, has some wrestling on it. Thursday's got a different one. Uh, it's a smaller promotion that runs their stuff. I'm not sure exactly where to catch it. But uh, Monday we got Raw. Tuesday we have Impact. Wednesday we have 
the new Wednesday Night Wars, AEW and NXT. Friday, we have Friday Night Smackdown starting uh, in a couple of, in about 10 days from today, which by the time we get this out, will probably be nine days or eight days. I can't remember. I can't do the math right now. Um, <clears throat> so that's pretty exciting news. Um, you know, there was some concerns about how people are going to be able to access uh, access TV because it is an American, um, I think it's internet television, if I remember correctly. Um, but Ethan Page was nice enough to let everybody know that you can actually access every Impact show on Twitch, and it's free. So props to that, which is awesome that we can take advantage of that and uh, can't go wrong with some more wrestling. And lastly, I just wanted to cover over one piece this week. Mark will probably cover it as well. Um, but just the 24-7 championship, um, it's getting really tiring right now. We're going back and forth and back and forth. It's really lacking in substance. And there is some laughs, but they're getting farther and farther between. This week on Raw, we had Carmella finally taking the title from our truth but who knows what's going to happen there because I don't know at some point in time she's going to he's going to turn back on her um, and also we had uh, then we had a women's match and this is where they screwed it up we had uh, Carmella get tapping out to uh, the bank statement which by definition means that Alexa sorry not Alexa Sasha Banks should be the 24-7 championship as we have seen this scenario before where the 24-7 champion is in a match, unless it's specified that the title is held off for now, uh, it's still active. So, And it was active as soon as the bell was finished ringing, as R-Truth picked her up and ran with her. Um, so I guess they're going to give it to the women for a little while, but all in all, I just think it was a really weak segment once again. And, uh, yeah, so I guess that's that. Um, so that's really all I had left. Just wanted to touch base with once again. Let's have some fun with our fantasy pool. We're going to start it on uh, the Monday after Hell in the Cell, which will be October the 7th. Uh, so we're just looking to have all of your picks in by the 4th. Just gives me a chance to put together uh, the table and uh, keep track of everything. So let's get out there and get that done. Let's have some fun. And uh, that's it for me for tonight. So once again, thanks very much. This is Kyle here, and uh, Mark, take it away. What is going on, everyone? It's me, Mark, and welcome to the, I guess we'll call the second half of the PWO show, uh, season two, episode two. Uh, yeah, once again, guys, this week, unfortunately, Kyle and I weren't able to get together as Kyle had some pretty important commitments as uh, there's a little birthday happening this month. Uh, his daughter, um, I believe they're doing their dinner tonight. So unfortunately, Kyle and I were not able to get together. But however, I still wanted to kind of chime in and, you know, Kyle and I, especially with this Anchor app, um, it's pretty crafty, not going to lie. Of course, 
I'd like to think you guys would prefer it as well when Kyle and I are in the same room together. Um, I know Kyle and I prefer that, but of course with the Anchor you know, app itself, it allows us to kind of, we can each record our parts and we can both at the same time be logged into the account and build our episode, which I think is super, super cool. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is number one, I want to give a big shout out to our platform, Anchor, and thank you for providing us a home to present this podcast to all of you great individuals. Uh, as well as always remember to check us out on our social media. You know, we got a YouTube, we got an Instagram, we got a Twitter. Um, we are in the middle of trying to form everything now. Of course, we are formerly known as 613 Wrestling Podcast. Now we are known as the Pro Wrestling Outsider Show, the PWO Show. So please make sure if you're not already, subscribe to us. We are more active on Twitter than anything else, but more and more, especially coming into the year, we are going to try to, you know, get some good content going across all, all bounds of our social media. Um, but for me, I just wanted to kind of chime in a couple things. You know, um, I know Kyle went over a few good topics. He went over, you know, the C4 event he was at last week. He went over his thoughts on Lacey Evans' <laughs> viral video of her time in Canada. Interesting. Um, Impact, you know, changing times. And of course, Impact's going through some big, big change with, uh, you know, new owners and, you know, the, I guess the, the future of Impact seems bright. And of course, uh, Kyle also gave his take on the 24-7 championship. Um, and I'll kind of give a little bit of my take, you know, it's, yeah, it's the 24-7 championship, you know, picture, storylines, division, whatever you want to call it, and has been a little a little grim recently, a little flat, a little stale. It was the hottest thing going on Monday Night Raw uh, and SmackDown, you know, for months over months since it came out. And, but now it's kind of very much the same, you know, people are winning because of roll-ups, um, you know, the Drake our truth piece has kind of separated a little bit more. And now of course this week, Carmella is the new 24 seven champion. Um, and then I will say there was, was a nice crafty little move where after Carmella became the 24 seven champion, all the, a lot of the females <laughs> ran down to the ring. That was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we see something new. Obviously we're, we're in the midst of a big change. You know, we're coming close to the end of 2019 uh, the beginning of 2020, and there's lots of changes, and that's going to be one of the highlights, one of the topics I want to talk about tonight, and I don't really want to break down Raw and SmackDown specifically, as there was lots going on, but I kind of broke down a few topics that, and of course, I wanted to talk about, and in no particular order, um, but yeah, so for me, number one, what I want to talk about is, you know, the change. I, I, I deemed the dawn of a new era. Now, this is going to be something we're going to be talking about so much more, we, you know, after the next, especially the next two, three months um, in the rest of 2019, as there's a lot going on. And I feel even though wrestling is always changing and always evolving, we are absolutely about to go into a new era. You know, you look at, you know, 2020 being the year of change, we have the Wednesday Night Wars. NXT is now on USA. AEW, as of October 2nd, will be on TNT with their, I thought it was a joke, but apparently they're going with it, with that, you know, AEW TNT Dynamite, or Dynamite on TNT, however you want to put it. Um, but of course, yeah, so we have the NXT and AEW battles on Wednesday, Wednesday nights, um, SmackDown moving, you know, to Fox, that's going to be huge. You know, kind of makes you think a little bit, is, is Raw going to be the B-show now? 
you know, all in all of our hearts, all of us who have been watching WWE for a very, very long time, we've come quite used to Raw being the number one show. And, you know, who knows how it's going to pan out. But I really feel that WWE is getting behind SmackDown, you know, especially with the Fox change, but just with the draft coming up. So we'll be able to kind of define more, but, you know, so much more to come. Of course, we have, you know, lots of different companies out there, you know. Um, you know, in Mexico, you know, Rig of Honor, you have New Japan, you know, of course, Impact making changes. Um, so I think wrestling is going to be very unique and very different in 2020. And it's going to start kicking off now, you know, near the beginning of 2019. I'm super excited about the change. You know, kind of what I want to transition to is looking at a specifically AEW versus NXT. And I kind of, th I, th I think about, you know, I read all these articles online and I kind of think to myself, number one, and, and I guess the biggest thing I want to encourage everyone is enjoy it. You know, the beautiful thing about wrestling is you don't need to pick a side. You don't need to be on only AEW side or only WWE side or only Ring of Honor side or, or whoever you love to watch. You can watch it all. And that's some of the most beautiful thing about wrestling. And that's my mindset moving forward is just, I'm not picking a side. I've always been a WWE fan. I will always be a WWE fan. But at the same time, I can't help but see what's going to happen. This change with AEW, with NXT, SmackDown on, you know, Fox, it's going to create competition. And it's going to be competition that, yes, everyone's been talking about. And we haven't seen since... WCW and WWF, now WWE. So, you know, I kind of take a look at, you know, the upcoming number one uh, October 2nd show, AEW Dynamite on October uh, 2nd on TNT. And they do have a fairly decent little bit of a, I guess, a, a first show panned out. And looks like the very first match will be Cody versus Sammy Guevara. That's very interesting to be the kickoff. You know, especially when you have, you know, ch you have champions now with J Chris Jericho. Um, you also have your crowning of your first ever AEW Women's Championship with Nyla Rose versus Riho. You got Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho plus two. He's going to have two mystery partners. Who knows? I'm going to kind of assume that they're going to be two individuals that are debuting on AEW. I don't know who that is. Uh, or I haven't really read a lot about the speculation, to be honest, but, you know, throw it back to you guys. Who do you think? Do you guys have any specific ideas on who's Chris Jericho's mystery tag team, you know, opponent uh, partners are going to be? One match that I'm looking forward to, it's something we were supposed to get a while back. Of course, Hangman Page versus Pac. Uh, I felt that was done really well with Pac kind of bringing himself back into the picture, you know, saving the day against Kenny Omega defeating Kenny Omega um, at All Out, which was, you know, pretty surprising if you ask me. But now Puck's hot right now, not just independently, but in, in an AEW aspect where regardless of Kenny Omega's win-loss record, you know, Puck defeated the man in Kenny Omega. So to kind of see Hangman kind of come from a law, you know, a, a big loss against Chris Jericho um, and Puck come a big, from a big win from Kenny Omega, that's going to be quite interesting. Of course, looks like we have um, Brandon Cutler versus MJF. If you don't know who Cutler is, uh, make sure to keep up on your Being the Elite 
YouTube show uh, that the Young Bucks run. You've kind of seen, you know, Brennan Cutler get jerked around by MJF a little bit. And, you know, there's even a little bit of a storyline, spoiler alert, um, where MJF became his best friend to then, or no, or was that Sammy Guevara? I can't remember. I think, I think I'm... I think I'm I think I'm being forgetful now, but either which way, you know, Cutler's been screwed around a lot about you know people being on his side, people being his friend, um, you know, him creating gear and his wife being in the business and all that. So it's good to see Cutler in a little bit more of a bigger storyline, and it looks like someone they want to push. Uh, then of course they say that John Moxley is not going to necessarily be in a match, but he will be there. Um, looks like he might still be getting over, not necessarily quote unquote cleared yet to wrestle, but, but yeah, so that's, you know, AEW Dynamite, you know, October 2nd, that's kind of where it's shaping to be. doesn't seem like too bad of a show where I would have thought they could have maybe pushed some talent around a bit more is number one in one match alone. You have Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, your AEW champion in Chris Jericho and probably two debuting stars. That's a lot of talent in one match. I get it. Looks like they want to spread it around. Obviously, you know, Sam Guevara, you know, Cutler, MJF, Pac and Page. But I felt there might have been a good opportunity there to, you know, have a few more matches. And I know, you know, the Young Bucks and, you know, the Being the Elite guys don't necessarily want to make everything about them. And they have done a great job at that. You know, neither one of them, maybe Cody is the one that's been winning the most, but at the same time, it's not in any major title implica- you know, implications or anything like that. So I do get that. But if anything, it's your debut show. Maybe be a little selfish, you know, and kind of, you know, Kenny Omega in a one-on-one match. Young Bucks in a tag team match. You know, I would have even liked to see their, you know, their first, um, their tag, I guess their, their first ever. Of course, everything's going to be first ever for AEW. But, you know, their tag team tournament, you know, I'm, I'm, maybe a match will happen. But, you know, I would have liked, uh, hopefully one will sneak their way in there, but that would have been nice to see too. You know, Private Party versus the Young Bucks on the kickoff show on, you know, TNT would have been cool. So I guess, I don't know, you know, I'm loving what NXT is doing right now. And I feel that that's going to be very dangerous for AEW, not just with WWE and Raw and SmackDown, but NXT... I think the landscape is going to change in the sense of NXT is no longer going to be the place where you get called up from. You know, if, if an NXT or if an Adam Cole or whoever goes to Raw or SmackDown, I don't think it's going to be considered a call-up anymore. I think it's going to be more of a move. You know, they're just switching rosters. Because now that they're on television and you have stars, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, you know, Kyle O'Reilly... Uh, Bobby Fish, uh, Rod, you know, Roderick Strong, Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle, you know, great women, you know, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, um, and of course, you know, Tommaso Ciampa looking like a little cryptic video recently on Twitter. Looks like he may be making his return soon or he's at least hyping it up. But there's, and of course, you have the NXT UK individuals, you know, Tyler Baton, you know, with Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven. Walter, you know, Pete Dunn, and the list goes on and on. Um, I just feel when it comes to star powers and experience, first and foremost, NXT will have them beat. Even though they kind of deemed NXT as developmental, 
you're learning and yes, you're still learning, but you know, the main people on the USA show are going to be their big mega stars who have had lots of experience learning the WWE style. So the more I think about it, I'm really excited for the Wednesday Night Wars because at first I thought of it as by AEW having a show on, you know, a weekly show on Wednesday nights, it was going to challenge WWE and it will. It will and it has, for sure. But now I think something that we didn't necessarily see is I almost feel that with the whole NXT on Wednesday nights creating their own Wednesday Night Wars, I feel that it's really going to challenge AEW now. And AEW's got some great stars, but I just feel that each of their big shows, it's kind of the same. You know, it's a, it's a buy-in, the casino buy-in, these battle royals. You know, it's kind of very much the same. And I almost feel that it is popular because it's different and new. But I fear if they continue doing the same thing over and over again, will it stick? Will the audience grow tired very easily? And that's where I think, you know, and don't get me wrong, Cody and everyone has, and especially two people in the back, you know, Arn Anderson and, and everyone else and Billy Gunn and, and the list goes on and on. You know, they have some great talent helping them with great experience. People that know the insides of WWE. Billy Gunn being a former teacher and coach at the Performance Center himself. He's going to bring a lot of great, great, great growth to the young up-and-coming stars. Because AEW, unfortunately, doesn't have a developmental. They just kind of have, they're bringing in, an ex, you know, experienced but also inexperienced stars to a big show. So, and you've kind of seen some of that in, um, like, for example, like Britt Baker. You know, Britt Baker's a great talent, great look, you know, great performer, but still very, very rough in certain areas. And you see that a lot. And making, on two occasions, making the wrong tag to the wrong tag team partner. You know, trying to, almost getting too fast and tripping over her feet when trying to make transitional moves. And, and that's going to happen to everyone. But I almost feel that without her, with her just naturally wrestling and being around people, she'll get better. But without a proper teacher, you know, like a, like a developmental like, you know, NXT. You know, if, if a Britt Baker was an NXT, wow. You know what I mean? Like how much better would she possibly be? You know, and I think, you know, the future is very bright for Britt Baker. And, you know, and, they, and also they have a lot of great female stars, you know, coming up. But I, I just, I don't know, and I know I'm kind of rambling now, guys, but I just, and I hope you kind of get what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, when we talk about a dawn of a new era and the whole change and what 2020 is going to bring in professional wrestling, I'm excited and I want you guys to be excited too, you know, and I think there's too much side picking and when I look at the Wednesday Night Wars and AEW and NXT, if anything, I'm, I've, I have been and always will be Team WWE and I fear for AEW because Triple H in the driver's seat, you know, I don't know, it's just crazy, you know, it's the talent that a that NXT has is, I don't know, like, that's crazy to me, when I think of, you know, put some of the, if they have to put top 10 talent, I try to think of a, a Survivor Series match, NXT versus AEW, a 10 versus 10 match, talent-wise, NXT would, hands down, you know, be the better, more well-equipped to go to war, so I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I want to know what you guys think. Hit us up. Hit me up on my personal Twitter. Um, you know, you guys see me kind of commenting around too. I try to follow you guys individually as well. But at PWO Show, 
let us know what you think. You know, even if you want to send us a DM and you want to kind of start a conversation, I'm really excited. What, do you, what are you most excited about about 2020? You know, what are you most excited about about pro wrestling's future in, na- in the now? You know, it's funny. We, we talk so much about future of wrestling, but we're in it. We're, we're in that transition as we speak, which is super, super cool. And that just gets me nothing but excited. So, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Next up, uh, one, one highlight, too, I want to talk about is also WWE and their builds. Now, by no way, <laughs> no way, shape, am I talking about this as it's perfect. Because I'm sure anyone listening to this and me going over some examples, it's very easy to also go, yeah, but what about this one? What about that one? They botched this one. They really dropped the ball on that one. But when I really think of over the last 10 months, you know, 10 to 12 months of WWE specifically, Raw, SmackDown, main roster stuff, I've been really impressed with their ability to tell a story, build towards things, and be a little bit more consistent with it. Where 2018, although it was the year of Becky, it was the year of Ronda, it was the year of Seth, it was also the year of inconsistency. You know, and we're still seeing lots of that now. So, by, like I said, by, by no means am I saying that it's gone. But when I think of certain things, like, for example, Seth, Bray, and Braun, you know, week after week, they're being consistent. Bray itself is a perfect example of we've been building Bray for several months from weeks and weeks and weeks, if anything, months of Firefly Funhouse you know, shows, teasers to the show itself with him and introducing, you know, the puppets and, you know, then him making his debut and, you know, against Finn Balor and The Fiend is here and, you know, and, and everything else. And now we've quickly see that he's in a position of, you know, almost kind of saying like, I want to be, I want the championship. And what's funny is no one is saying no. And it just goes to show how great the character is in The Fiend, where it's easy sometimes for us to go like, well, why is he getting a shot at the title? He didn't, the guy's been away for a while and he's only had really one match. Why is he the number one contender? You know, and I love that because they were able to build something more suspenseful and more meaningful where, especially when you look at what Seth versus The Fiend is, and I hope I can explain this right to kind of show you guys where I'm at with this. Seth Rollins has been built to be the ultimate babyface, the ultimate challenger, the ultimate defender. Seth Rollins 2018 was untouchable. Coming into 2019, winning the Royal Rumble, defeating Brock Lesnar twice. And especially when you think of defeating Brock Lesnar twice, and not only just twice, but he's also beaten Brock Lesnar clean. And then to look at recently against Braun, you know, like all challengers and all comers can't hold a candle to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, you know, when you look, especially when you just look at Brock and Braun, clean wins, convincing wins. It makes you think, well, if Seth can beat Braun and Brock clean, and no one beats Braun and Brock, no one beats these two. So if he can beat them more than once convincingly, then who can beat Seth? And then the question kind of comes where, when what I love about it is it's, it could be very easy for people to kind of, you know, throw the fiend aside and go like, well, Seth's the guy, you know, so he's going to win. But then you kind of got to make you think of, well, they've been building Bray for so long and he's been taking it, even though he might not be having a bunch of matches, several, you know, little segments each week on Raw and SmackDown, especially Raw over the last two, three weeks. 
you know, you know, interrupting matches, attacking Seth this past week, attacking Braun twice. Um, really taking out Braun was a big statement. He could have taken out Seth, but he decided to make a statement on I can also, you know, put the mandible claw and take down Braun Strowman. You know, legends, angle, everyone, you know, the list goes on and on. And so if anything, what I love about this story is we're all backing The Fiend and we love that Bray Wyatt's back. But we're looking at it in the sense of we actually feel, and I feel that The Fiend is a threat to Seth Rollins, yet in the last 12 months we've only really seen The Fiend wrestle once against Finn Balor. I think that's beautiful storytelling. I truly, truly do because, you know, we talk about suspending disbelief, and I, as a wrestling fan I definitely, definitely try to do that the majority of the time. And I, and I, and I look at that and I'm like, man... Like, I, the reason why I think that The Fiend is an actual threat against a title, and when you really look at the details, he shouldn't be, but he is, and that's because of the great storytelling. Not just WWE, but Seth and Bray and Braun, you know, and, and, that, and of course, there's lots of other examples, and I hope you guys know what I mean when I say this, and you even look at Sasha and Becky, even though it's been a hot minute, they've been building, and it's not just like they've been doing over the last couple of years where it's, you know a new storyline, a one match, maybe two, and it's done. Go on to the next one. You know, we're still talking Becky and Sasha. You know, it's it's still there. And now Bailey's in the mix. And, you know, Sasha's dabbling, you know, going against Nikki Cross. And, you know, she's kind of, you know, putting her, dipping her toes into a little bit of everything. But it's still the boss is here to take out Becky Lynch and be the champ. You even look at, you know, the OC. Call it what you want. They've been consistent you know, they've, they've ride and died together. They've done everything together. You know, Gallows, Anderson, Styles have always been together. They always have each other's backs. You know, they're, they're winning the majority of the time. They're great as a team, and they're sticking with it, even with this whole Cedric and Styles thing. Styles took out Cedric, as he should have, in a very short couple of minutes um, at Clash of Champions. But the Cedric even just jumping Styles this week saying, no, I'm going to show you I can be better. Like I told you last week, there's levels. And I loved how they told that story because Cedric, even though being good, but new and not near the talent of an AJ Styles, AJ beating him that quick made sense because it's, yep, Styles is really, really good and Cedric, you're getting there, but, and, you know, as JR always says, the only way you get better is to be in the ring with people better than you. And that's what we're seeing with Cedric. And he's becoming better and he's, he's learning more about himself. And plus, dude, the, the Viking Raiders, yes, ha, 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 you know, a dozen weeks in a row, you know, majority of the time they're fighting, you know, these local talent and squashing them. But guess what? That's what they did with Braun. And look where he is now. Guess what? That's what they did with Nia Jax. She's been out for a while now, but it worked. Nia was squashing these local women week over week, and I feel like it's starting to happen because now, even as of this week, the, te the, the competition is rising where the Viking Raiders now are going against the OC, Gallows Anderson, and they won. You know what I mean? And, and that's what we saw with Braun. Braun was, yes, these little tiny guys, James Ellsworth, you know, that, that match did a lot for James Ellsworth, but, you know, it was going on and on and on and growing, but eventually he started to just a little bit bigger talent, you know, 
maybe U.S. title worthy, intercontinental title worthy, and then all of a sudden he was going against some big dogs and winning, it was that great build. So I tell you, Viking Raiders, I think what they're doing is great, and I definitely encourage them to continue to, because what, what's happening is we don't need to see them against the best talent. You know, not every week needs to be, like I joked a long time ago, you know, it doesn't need to be, you know, Dean versus Seth, Roman versus Dean, you know, Seth versus Roman, you know, it was always like the top guys versus the top guys every week and, or Ziggler or, or, or Styles or, or Undertaker or whoever it was, you know, this is a way to still see the Viking Raiders each week, but you don't need to see them either winning or losing against other top talent. So the, the formula works guys, I'm telling you, uh, even Baron Corbin, you know, I know Kyle and I have both been praising Baron Corbin and, you know, and yes, of course, you know, he's a bad guy. We hate him, but we love what he's doing. Not only that month off, he looks so much better in the ring, but he's winning clean. And that, as we always say, is the most annoying type of heel. When a heel can get under your skin and annoy you and just be, you know, a heel, but at the same time winning clean. That's the bigger insult is when they don't need to cheat to lose all the time. And with, with Baron Corbin coming back, being in the King of the Ring and winning the King of the Ring legitimately, legitimately, he didn't find his way to win the King of the Ring. He won the King of the Ring. And that was a pretty good King of the Ring, I'll tell you. Um, even Roman, since he's been back for the last several months, they didn't just stick him back into the title picture. It's little storylines here and there, you know, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryant, Rowan, um, you know, Drew McIntyre. By the way, where is Drew McIntyre? I, I should I should look him up. If you guys know what's going on with Drew McIntyre and maybe I missed something, please tweet me at PWO Show. Um, yeah, definitely missing Drew McIntyre. Uh, but no, even like Bray with the, yeah, Bray with the, you know, the Firefly Funhouse, Roman, every, the list can go on and on, but I think you guys know what I mean. You know, the builds are great these days and I'm sure there's many that I'm missing, but overall, I think this is great. And especially too, AEW's here. Impact is growing more and more. Ring of Honor, New Japan, you know, the changes in networks and Wednesday Night Wars. It's just going to challenge everyone to be better. And I'm really looking forward to it because I'll tell you, I think WWE right now, they're not trying to blow too much up because they know they're going into a draft. They know they're going to fully go into this finally splitting, no more wild card, Raw is Raw, SmackDown, SmackDown, that's it, that's it. You know, maybe the one time a year you see them together is at Survivor Series or at those, you know, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, where they can be on the same show, but still wrestling Raw versus Raw, SmackDown versus SmackDown. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm just excited. I know I'm kind of jumping all over, and I've gone over about two or three of my, my big highlights, kind of combining them together with WWE builds, AEW and NXT, you know, Bray and Seth, and, you know, 2020 being the year of change and everything else. And I don't know. Um, but also, two, two more quick things I want to kind of just jump on tonight is, if you guys haven't heard, and maybe you have, is... WWE recently announced the change to their announced teams. So obviously with SmackDown going on Fox and Raw being on USA Network and NXT being NXT, with on U especially now on TV with USA, they made some changes. And I'll tell you, they're a little weird. Some of them make sense. Some of them are a little weird and we need to see. So the weird ones, of course, Raw's announced team is now Vic Joseph. 
Uh, Dio Madden. I have no idea who Dio Madden is. Well, I've I've heard of him before and I've seen him, but why is now he a raw broadcaster? I don't know. So we have Vic Joseph. Vic Joseph, for those of you who don't know, he's um, he has done a great job announcing on 205 Live. Um, and he has stepped in a few times here and there for Raw and SmackDown, and he, and he does a pretty good job. But Raw, Vic Joseph, Dio Madden, and Jerry the King Lawler. Now, very interesting. That's completely different of what we're used to. Usually we see Cole on both shows, or, or most shows, or Graves. I know Graves does both shows majority of the time. Uh, apparently, rumor has it that Jerry the King Lawler, this is more of a stand-in until they find or announce a more permanent. Apparently, they're having some things in the works to make some changes or bring some individuals up. And so, Jerry, you know, Jerry the King Lawler might be a little bit of a placeholder. And, but that's a pretty good placeholder. You know, JR and Jim Ross, um, JR and Jim Ross, J Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross were the iconic announced team. So I think Jerry can bring some great, great context and color to anything, especially on Raw, especially with Vic and Dio Madden. You know, they're going to need some help, and I think Jerry can get them there. SmackDown's got it right. Two-man booth, two-man announced team. Michael Cole, Corey Graves. Bing, bang, boom, that's it. Um, that's what they announced. I don't know if they're going to tie in a third one. I'm telling you, the two-man booth is where to go. Three-man, too much. There's always a little bit of a third wheel, someone repeating what someone else always said. You need a play-by-play, -play, you need a color. It's hard when, one, when there's two people doing one side or there's one person trying to play both. No. Two-man booth is the way that it is. Cole and Graves, I think they're going to kill it. And plus, that's your main team right there. And they're going to be on Fox for SmackDown. Now, big question, what about Renee Young? For quite some time now, Renee's been a staple, especially in Monday Night Raw. Now, this one is huge, and not just because it's a huge change, but I'm happy because she's happy. Renee is very thrilled. Apparently, she's off the announce desk. She's backstage hosting the backstage segments. Um, apparently on Tuesdays on FS1, there's going to be, you know, you know, shows and whatnot. I don't want to get too far ahead. I hope it's something like Talking Smack was when Renee and Daniel Bryant were doing it. That was an amazing show. Um, apparently Renee Young is very happy to be in this position because this is her passion. She literally said, well, I heard that she quoted, this is my passion, hosting. And she did that way long ago on the score, um... Here in Canada, she held like the little wrestling segment. She's hosted, you know, obviously Talking Smack, and she's hosted so many things. She's such an amazing host, and it makes me very happy to see her in that position, also because she's happy, and I think she's going to kill it, and especially if she, she can bring a version of Talking Smack back. Two big, things, two big thumbs up for me. NXT, looking to be no change. Looks like it's going to be... Um, Still with um, Mauro Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix, and oh my goodness, his name. Ah, you know who I'm talking about. And I'm recording on my phone right now, so I can't take a look at it. But you know what I mean? Um, someone's probably screaming into the microphone saying, blah, blah. That's who you're talking about. And, but anyways, you know who I mean. But no change in NXT. Now, big question. Uh, Tom Phillips. We've seen Tom Phillips on SmackDown a lot. And, uh, Byron Saxton. These two, nowhere to be mentioned. 
who knows? Maybe they might come up with something, maybe something soon. Maybe they have different roles. Maybe they're like, oh, who knows? Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see more. Tom Phillips, I, I'm a really big fan of Tom Phillips. I think he's a fantastic commentator. Um, he's, he's done a really, really good job. He's been with the company for quite some time, and I would love to see him in, in still a really good role within WWE. Byron, you know, he, he's okay, but he's always kind of been the side guy. And not just how Graves and everyone presented him, he's also kind of been that way. Instead of really having a, you know, a regular thought of his own, it was always kind of jumping off what everyone else is saying. So I don't think we're going to miss Byron Saxton too much. But once again, he is a great talent for him being on the announced team for as long as he did. Clearly, WWE sees something in him. So hopefully, you know, something changes and uh, we see him somewhere too. Uh, all right, let's see here. So we want to talk about the WWE builds, AW NXT, Dynamite, Wednesday Night Wars, 2020 Year of Change. We talked about Brian Seth. Uh, how NXT is no longer a call-up, it's a move. Ooh, one last thing I want to talk about, and then I'm going to wrap it up, folks. Um, it's funny, week over week over week, when Kyle and I talk about this, and I know we're on the same page, but two different pages at the same time. It's almost like the, the page has been split in half. Looks like we're finally getting what I said we were going to get. I know... Kyle is tired of this whole Kevin Owens and Shane thing. He wants to see Shane gone. He thinks it's been going on too long and, you know, it should have been one and done already. I agree. But looks like we're getting where we want to go. This week on SmackDown, Shane McMahon has lawyers. Of course, if you're not caught up, once again, spoiler alert, I'll give you a three, two, one. All right, spoiler's coming. Kevin Owens, Shane in the ring. Shane had his lawyers. Uh, of course, if you don't know, Kevin Owens is suing Shane McMahon for, um, you know, defamation of character, unlawful firing, just abuse and everything else. Um, getting into the ring, of course, you know, um, Shane was, you know, giving him some options. Like, hey, but talking to my, my team, we've got two options. Number one, you can continue this lawsuit and I will just appeal and appeal and appeal and I will break you financially. Because I can do that and you can't. You know, kind of saying I have more money than you. Or Shane's second one is I will reinstate you and drop the $100,000 fine. We'll drop as in he's already taken it apparently. He will give it back and we just call it truce. So that's Shane's way of trying to buy it back. Like let's just rewind. Sorry I did what I did almost. Like sorry not sorry. But we'll, I'll give you your $100,000 back um, and I'll reinstate you. And then we just call it from there. And then Kevin Owens like, that sounds great. But no, I want what the fans want. And that's to see you fired. You know, so he says it. I want one more match. Let's do it. Reinstate me for one day, one more match. Here's the stipulations. If Shane wins, he keeps the 100K and Kevin Owens remains fired. And that's it. That's all. The story's over. Or if Kevin Owens wins... Shane McMahon leaves WWE, period. I never want to say for good. I can't remember if they said for good, but you never want to say for good in WWE because, you know, you never know. Backstage, a year from now, a month from now, who knows? Um, but very interesting. So it looks like we're getting to where we need to go. My take on it, interesting what you guys think. It's been a long road. Once again, this is a good example of a long storyline build. Might have been messy at certain corners or taking a left when it should have taken a right. But hey, 
I love it because it's been long. There's meaning behind it. And there's, there's passion. There's feelings or emotion behind it. And I think this is it. And I think Kevin Owens puts the nail in the coffin to Shane McMahon's career, or at least on screen, because it's true. We have amazing, amazing talent and so many amazing talents that we don't see. Um, and Shane takes up numerous segments of a show backstage segments in 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 the ring wrestling and i think it is time for shane to step aside shane has done he's done what he's needed to do in the wrestling world you know he's left his impact in the attitude era even today when shane mcmahon is a baby face everyone loves him he was the gm to want to be around and be on his side with smackdown when him and daniel bryant ran it but I think this is it. I think this is a way for Kevin Owens to finally, and you're going to get the na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey, goodbye. Apparently Vince loves that song. Um, but no, I think that's it. And honestly, I think that's going to be it for Shane. Um, and then Kevin will just kind of, once again, wherever he's drafted, will move into. But also there's a stipulation. And at first I was thinking like, oh, he's like, I want to, I want I want to, I want you in a match that I can hurt you. And I was like, oh yes, hell in the cell. Here it is. Here we go. And then, Hey, I don't hate it, but he's like, no, a ladder match, you know, put the contract. You're either fired or I stay fired. Like put it in a briefcase. Let's put it up there. Let's have a ladder match. So the winner has to get that briefcase with the contract of either you're fired or I, I stay fired. So very interesting, but I'm excited because I think, this is what big, long storylines kind of develop, is excitement to an end. We now see the end coming. Um, and I'm excited for Shane to kind of move on aside and let some other people get some chances. And I'm really excited for the brand split to be an official brand split. Because I think then you're going to see more people. Like seeing all these big big people on both shows, New Day, Roman, you know, and everything else. They're like it's, it's tough because it takes away room for these other individuals um, to get that time. So I'm really excited for the, the actual draft to happen. And of course, um, Kyle tweeted it out on our, on our PWO show Twitter page a couple days ago. We obviously have a, a pool idea up. And of course, in the next uh, very soon, and we're going to do it before WWE does their draft, we are going to hold our own draft. Kyle and I, we're both going to put our GM hats on and we are going to do a draft. And we are going to you know, we'll flip a coin or we'll pick out of a hat who is Raw and who is SmackDown. And one of us will be Eric Bischoff. One of us will be Paul Heyman. And we will literally see who goes first and one for one. And we will actually do the draw. I think that's going to be super exciting. Once when we're done, we'll actually tweet out like who's on what side. And I don't know if it if it's fun, maybe we'll do something more with it. Maybe we'll book a show or something. I don't know. But I'm really excited to do the draft, especially before the draft. Uh, to kind of see where everyone actually ends out versus where we end out. Um, but yeah. But no, folks, that's it for me. I'm wired tonight. I've had about a couple of energy drinks today. I had about a 12-hour day at work, come home, smashed some food, did the dishes, doing laundry, and now uh, recording uh, this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy. Once again, thank you so much for all of the support you guys give us each and every week. We love you. Um, you know, hit us up on our social medias at no longer 613 Wrestling PWO Show. That's P W O S H O W. A big old at symbol on the front of that. And check us out and love you guys. Have a great night. And uh, Kyle and I should be together next week. And we will talk to you later. See you guys.